0: Hey, welcome to Meet Me in the Movies, Noel T. Manning second here. Appreciate you spending time with us always. Uh, we've got a special guest, a very special guest that we pulled off of the After School Special. Douglas Davidson is back for a hey. very special reason. Hey man, good to see you buddy.
1: Great to see you. Thanks for having me.
0: Heck yeah, heck yeah. And uh, Thomas Manning uh, as, as well is joining us also we appreciate uh, appreciate both of you and special occasion actually is south by southwest elements of madness got a chance to be an official uh reviewing platform party critics dive in let's see what we got is that what was that that the official title
1: i think they just call it press accredited but sure (laughs) all of those work that's great that's fantastic (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, press accredited for South by Southwest. So we're going to dive in uh, today and get quite a few of those in, we hope. We'll just uh, kind of wait and see uh, what we got going on. But but before we get into South by Southwest, I do want to talk about uh, a new film with uh, Bob Odenkirk, Christopher Lloyd, and Connie Nielsen called Nobody. And uh, this you know, we're starting to see theaters opening back up. Uh, AMC is is trying to open everything back up as far as every day of the week. I know uh, locally they've only had certain days that you could watch movies. And I think slowly we're starting to see some more of these films uh, popping up in theaters. Uh, This is one film that uh, is, is pure action uh, from a, a, a really a John Wickian Tarantino esque style, uh, it opens up. The opening is is perfect. It, it opens with this kind of bloody and disheveled suspect in a in a police <laughs> interrogation room. He sits there. He opens a can of cat food, puts it on the table. The cat digs in. All this is happening while the song "Please Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood" is playing over top, and then it kind of dives into this flashback of. Uh, this montage of of scenes that are kind of these rinse and repeat monotonous day in the life scenes that you would see in a Groundhog Day meets Joe versus the Volcano nightmare. The guy's just an average guy, but nothing exciting is happening in his life. He's got a wife, he's got two kids and a teenage, one of of them is a teenage son who wants nothing to do with him. Uh, And then there's this armed robbery. And you would think, okay, this is the inciting incident. Armed robbery uh, happens in his house one night. Uh, This father, his name is Hutch, played by Odenkirk, has a chance to do something. He has a chance to take out one of the robbers. He doesn't. He pauses, and so he's haunted by this lack of follow-through. And when others find out that he didn't take advantage of what he could have, everybody starts teasing him. So you think, okay, that's the inciting incident. No, 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 that's not it. When the father finds out one of the things that was stolen was his daughter's kitty bracelet, that, that is the inciting incident. So the kitty bracelet that was stolen, that sends him on this action adventure story. And we see a different side of this kind of everyday man. Uh, And the story question that drives this is one, will he recover the kitty bracelet? And uh, the second is, will he, will he recover his dignity as well? Uh, We find out a whole lot more about uh, Odenkirk's character Uh, as we dive into this. But I've got to say the Music Supervisor, for one, is perfect in in this. Uh, A lot of the songs had these lyrics that tied in specifically to the scene. So the Music Supervisor was really great, really not since Baby Driver have I seen music and and lyric play such a a tremendous role in, in a film. Well done, well done tremendously. Great stunts, sound design was wonderful, the editing. Uh, And every scene was really this perfect length. And uh, in an action film, uh, like we've seen so many times before, you'll wonder, okay, is there something here that's new and fresh? uh, Or is it uh, pretty much the same? Uh, And and honestly, there's not a whole lot new here. It was predictable, but it was dang fun. And I do love action films. And I think if you love action films, this is one you're going to be drawn to because some of the way they do things make you feel like it's original. Um, 92 minutes, perfect length uh, for a film like this. And I'll just say that uh, when this movie does come out for sale, uh, I'm gonna put it on the shelf beside like Die Hard, Terminator 2, True Lies, Pulp Fiction, and John Wick. It'll have a place on the shelf. So nobody uh, gets an A minus rating from me. And you say, okay, why an A minus? Well, because yeah, it was predictable but still well worth the journey. And uh, like I said, the action scenes will just, will just keep you diving in and going, oh, what did he just do? What did he, do? What did he just do with, with, a, with an ink pen? You know? And now, of course, you know, John Wick had some things he used like uh, a, a library book, uh, for example. You'll see some things kind of like library books uh, done here, but uh, nobody, uh, it's well worth, well worth the time. Thoughts, questions, comments?
1: It's um, it's written by the same person that originated John Wick. Isn't that right? And as I recall, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet at the time of this recording, but it's directed by the same person that did Hardcore Henry. So I can't wait. You've got yeah. the director of Hardcore Henry and the creator of John Wick. I'm in. You've sold me. I'm just, that's <laughs> my movie
0: ticket. And I was the same way. And, and it did not disappoint. It absolutely did not disappoint
1: is it oh,
2: derek Colstad? is that the name uh, yes yeah, yeah yes
1: okay got yes it. There's so I'm, I'm like there's a yep. mythology here there's a story here let's just let's just go for it
0: <laughs> all right uh a minus rating for nobody all right douglas uh, we're going to talk south by southwest you've got a film called violet mm-hmm. i think you're wanting to spend a little bit of time chatting about it. is that right
1: yes uh it is out of the south by southwest was fully online this year everything was online uh virtual events they had places to hang out musical events movies everything all online and for me all i could focus on were the films which was frustrating because they really did have an amazing lineup from all around the world uh really at our fingertips Of the films that I saw, the one that stood out the most, and I will probably be thinking about for a long time, is Justine Bateman's feature film debut. Now, if you're familiar with the name Justine Bateman, or maybe you're like, why does that name sound familiar? She's an actor, former actor. She still does from time to time, but she's an actor. She's a writer. She's a producer. She has directed short films and other things, but this is her first feature-length film. It stars Olivia Munn in the lead role of Violet and then Justin Theroux as well, who plays the voice in her head. Now, this film is, to actually quote Justine Bateman herself, it is a subjective experience. You're going to come to this and you are only going to get out of it in a way, what you bring to it. So there have been a lot of people that didn't enjoy it. They found it abrasive. They found it incredibly uncomfortable. And there was nothing about it to enjoy. I, on the other hand, was crying for the majority of it because of how profound uh, I found the story and how deeply it connected with me. The premise of it is simple. Violet hears a voice in her head that tells her what to do. But that voice often is giving her bad advice. It's that voice in your head that says, if I wear this outfit, people aren't going to want to talk to me. If I want to succeed in my job, I can only engage with these people. Now, that's Justin Thoreau, who's doing all of that. Meanwhile, you'll see text along the screen, which conveys Violet's actual feelings on something. So she'll be having a conversation with her friend Red, whom she's staying with. And yes, there is a bit of a subtextual play on the fact that she's Violet and her friend is Red, opposite ends of the color spectrum. But she's talking to him about something and you hear Justin throw going, you're a horrible person, you're this, you're that. Meanwhile, underneath you'll see, please don't leave. And she's telling her friend Red, no, it's fine, go, go do what, you know, you have plans, go do your thing. So you're getting this, overlapping uh, uh, material of both the performances from the people on screen, the text, as well as Justin Throw's performance. Meanwhile, there's all these other things that occasionally happen that represent the intrusive thoughts that just sometimes come to us in various moments. And the way that this is all done, it is overwhelming Mm. and it can be a lot to experience. And more often than not, when we get stories of someone who realizes that there's something wrong with them, and that they then need to do something about it, usually this comes from a lot of external places. This is a very internal film. Wow. And I, I was blown away by it. Uh, it is not a film um, that I will go, "Ooh, I'm in a good mood. Let's watch it. It'll be okay, I need someone to understand how I see myself, watch this, let's talk after. Uh, it, it is an incredible, credible statement from a first time feature film director.
0: Wow, wow, so, so you're talking about Justine Bateman who I remember as Mallory Keaton, yep. Michael J. Fox's sister on Family Ties. Yeah. Uh, okay, very cool. So this I, this is her feature film debut.
1: Yes. As far as she, wow. Again, she has directed before this, but this is the first time it's been in a feature length.
0: Gotcha. And what is your rating for uh, for the film, Violet?
1: Uh, let's see. I think the highest you go is an A+. plus. So Yes.
0: Look yeah. at you, man. You got it down now, man. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <You got> it. <laughs> it's been a
1: while,
0: <laughs> You got it down. You got it down. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Well, uh, we do have another uh, South by Southwest film, and we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Thomas... Uh, Jacob's Wife, uh, I think, is the one that you're going to be talking about right now, correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Jacob's Wife, this is the type of B-horror movie that I would say young Quentin Tarantino working at his video store in L.A., he probably picked something like this off the shelf and watched this on a Friday night and was like, you know what, someday I'm going to make a movie like this, but better than this. I'm going to take, <laughs> take all the positive elements from this movie and work it into my own you know, coherent storyline with um, you know, better production values but just kind of maintain that, that pulpy, cheesy, uh, midnight movie atmosphere. That's what Tarantino does, and it, you know, films like, um, it's films like Jacob's Wife that he took inspiration from. It's it's like, a, it's a vampire um, gore fest. Uh, there's the uh, uh, splatter fest, I guess you can call it. It's just like no holds barred. Everything but the kitchen sink, uh, well, I would say it actually included the kitchen sink. Um, everything is included. It's um, It's over the top. It's the total shifts are all over the place, and the dialogue, the writing, the performances are very, uh, very goofy, and uh, they don't really. There were times where I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be laughing as hard as I was, or if I was supposed to be taking it seriously. Um, but it's one of those that you can't help but be entertained, um, or at least when all of the uh, vampire stuff is going down. Um, when they, when they actually, when they actually try to go for character development and plot development. It kind of lost me but when they were just when they were just leaning into the very you know pulpiness of it uh i was i was really with it and um yeah kind of like this
0: yeah. show when we try to get into too much character development it just it just loses everybody but when i we get don't the, want to know what the, happens when
1: the vampires attack but when we have
0: that pulpiness the pulpiness <laughs> makes this show work
1: <laughs> precisely yes that's exactly
2: what we're getting at here and i mean there's there's nothing really special about it um, as far as like cinematography or editing goes. Um, it's but it's really what they did with the practical makeup effects and um, the special visual and digital kind of um, all intertwined there. It's it's really interesting just to look at. Um, and uh, the uh, the vampire that pops up when we see him in his full form, it's like something straight out of like a 60s or 70s um, vampire movie. It's it's just so. So funny, but uh (laughs) but funny, but in yeah. It's it's really hard to kind of wrap my head around how exactly this made me feel because I did watch it at like two AM and I think that was probably you had your own midnight movie. Exactly. That was probably the best uh atmosphere to kind of watch this in. Uh so I'm glad I watched it and uh but I'd really love to have watched this with a crowd and just to see um how we're all feeling about it, if they're feeling the same way I did about it. But um gotcha. it's, it's it's
0: it's yeah. (laughs) <laughs> jacob's wife is the film right. uh, and this was a uh, south by southwest viewing for the accredited members uh, from elements of madness douglas davidson and thomas manning thomas what was your rating for jacob's wife
2: uh, i'll give it a c plus um but i would recommend watching it if you're in the mood just for a uh just for a fun time so
0: awesome awesome yeah. well uh, thanks for joining us right here on meet me at the movies i'm Nolti manning the second with douglas davidson and thomas Manning. We are talking uh, films uh, that, that uh, were screened at South by Southwest. Uh, also talking about a few other films that are in theaters uh, after the break. I'm going to come back and talk about the uh, new Benedict Cumberbatch film and I just like saying his name, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch and Rachel Brosnahan. See, I, when you try to combine them, it just messes everything up.
1: <laughs> uh, the film
0: is called The Courier. We've got that and we've also got some more South by Southwest selections uh, including a doc on Tom Petty. So, that and more right after this quick break on Meet Me at the Movies. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make the bigs.
2: bigs.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II with Douglas Davidson and Thomas Manning talking about movies. That's what we do here. Woo-hoo! All right. Uh, Well, if you want to hear the name Benedict Cumberbatch, then you're welcome to rewind this uh, before the break and you can listen to me say it three times really fast. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, I said it again, uh, <laughs> and Rachel Brosnahan starring this uh, new film. It's a Cold War era film called The Courier and it's from Roadside Attractions and Lionsgate. Uh, and and here's what, what sets things up. There's this normal guy who has some travel credentials and he goes all over the world and he's approached by this uh agency that has three letters and uh they they invite him to participate in their lifestyle and be a courier of secrets of spycraft that's what sets everything up based on a true story uh cumberbatch is is this salesman and uh he has no training in how to be a spy uh, and how to, to manage that whole lifestyle and and they say it's okay you're just a courier it's all right. You're just a courier. <laughs> well, you know the the, the question that that, that kind of drives this is: is he going to get caught? And if he does get caught uh, by the Russians, because it's, it's between Russia and the U.S., can he survive? Um, his character really does go through this amazing uh, character arc throughout this film, and a very physical trans uh, transformation as well. Like, wow. Really blown away. I've always loved Cumberbatch. For years, yes, uh, I, I followed him in Sherlock and everything he does, I want amazing. to watch. And he is quite amazing in this film. Uh, honestly, uh, award caliber stuff is what I see from him uh, in this film. Uh, marvelous locations uh, filmed in Moscow and London. And uh, it's just a beautifully shot film. Uh, the production design is quite amazing. The camera choices. are are awesome. Uh, Sean Bobbitt, who uh, was just nominated for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is involved in this. Production design, as I mentioned, was great. I I really loved the score. Also, it had this very Russian-esque score, uh, especially when it was taking place in in the Soviet Union. Uh, You know, just a a typical kind of spy Cold War film. And that was kind of the problem to me, Uh, as I mentioned earlier, when I watched Nobody, It was predictable and it was like something I've seen before, but there's something that grabbed hold on me and and I kept wanting to to watch it and be a part of it. This one, uh, this drama felt really long at times. Uh, It was a true kind of cat and mouse type film, but I I didn't feel that it found a balance between drama and intrigue and suspense. I felt like it was competing to try to get the audience to figure out what it wanted to be. Uh, So it struggled to find its way. Uh, The script could have been a bit tighter and that really overall hurt the film. Uh, so really a C rating for this movie. Uh, it's, it's not anything new, but I will say that I enjoy movies based on true stories. Glad I watched it. Uh, I learned a little bit uh, along the way, but not something I'm gonna go back to time and time again. The movie is called The Courier. Uh, any questions, thoughts?
2: Not,
1: no, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> All <laughs> right.
2: So Cumberbatch right. has been in two, two uh, films that are based on historical events within the past like month, right?
0: Yeah, he's just he's just a really busy guy. I, I think that uh, that last one he was called Tom and Jerry, based oh, on true uh, life. So uh, <laughs> I was thinking
1: of uh, Different but, Cat and Mouse Game. Different oh, cat oh, mouse game. <laughs> okay, <we> sorry.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's uh, let's dive into uh, the movie Clerk from Douglas, also from South by Southwest.
1: That is correct. And that is Clerk with a Period, because it is a documentary about Kevin Smith beginning more or less with his debut feature film, Clerks, which also has that period. Uh, This was directed by Michael Ingram, who has directed a number of documentaries. One of them, by the way, gets a brief mention in the documentary. It's a film called Small Town Gay Bar, And the only reason it gets, I think, a mention is that on the poster, it says Kevin, executive producer, Kevin Smith. So you get a sense from doing the research on that, that they have a working relationship, which explains why so much of the documentary clerk feels so inviting. Now, if you're not familiar with Kevin Smith, he is a writer, he's a director, he is a producer, he's a podcaster, he is a public speaker. I don't think he's ever written a book, but I would not ever put it past him at some point. He's a merchandiser. Basically, if, if I were to compare Kevin Smith to someone you've seen in a movie, he's yogurt with Spaceballs the flamethrower, Spaceballs the t-shirt, the coffee mug, everything. And I'm pretty sure he wouldn't take that as an insult because Kevin, and this is some of what the documentary talks about, is that throughout Kevin's career, he has found ways to adapt that where people critics in particular what he calls the intelligentsia may have rejected some of his projects uh jersey girl and mallrats rats for example two films i love personally were not well received um so he found ways to pivot and so he went into podcasting he found that he could go around town and give speeches so he would do that he found that Pete, he had enough of a fan base that he could distribute his movies on his own and would take them on road shows. And this documentary covers all of that, but it doesn't just explore those aspects. Uh, Michael also, oh, excuse me, Malcolm also talks with his wife, Jennifer, his daughter, Harley, his frequent producing partner, Scott Mosier, friends that he has made along the way that have become business partners, the actors that he's worked with. And you and in particular in a really moving sort of segment, you get a few moments with Stan Lee, who did appear in Mallrats as himself, which then sort of looped back around in Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. When you see Stan Lee in that film, he's practicing his lines in in Mallrats, which of course makes Kevin Smith an MCU official character as well. But for fans of Kevin Smith, uh, as well as people that are less familiar, It is really warm and inviting. Uh, They really don't gloss over things when they talk about them. But there are certain things that fans of Kevin Smith that have been involved and followed his work will sort of notice that they don't explore some things quite as much. But uh, what they do discuss, it very much feels like an open book. It's, It's again, wonderfully accessible to people that are less familiar, but it does feel like a warm hug for those of us that have been following him since the early days of his career. Uh, I loved it. I give it a solid A, and I encourage those of you that are definitely familiar to check it out.
0: Awesome. Solid A for the movie Clerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Douglas, for sharing that. And Thomas, it uh, looks like we do have time. We have just like three minutes for you to talk about one of my best friends, uh, Tom Petty. Well, he was one of my best friends, according to him. Anyway, right. uh, let's, yeah. let's hear your thoughts about this Tom Petty documentary, uh, Somewhere You Feel free.
2: Uh, Yeah, So the majority of this documentary actually is, um, you know, has 16 millimeter footage from that was recorded back from the recording of the uh, 1994 album Wildflowers. And a lot of this footage has never been seen before, Um, you know, black and white. And it just almost feels like a glimpse into a lost part of history. And it's kind of crazy to think this was only like 25 years ago um relatively recent in historical terms when you're watching this you're kind of just like you know catapulted back into that uh back into that era and just knowing that tom petty passed away a couple years ago um it's just kind of eerie just sitting there and just kind of being with him um you you honestly like feel his presence within this documentary which is a really really interesting thing um it's um kind of tells the story of the album and its creation, um, all the different aspects that go into making music from the, uh, the technical side, of the instrumentation, um, to uh, the songwriting and the philosophies and how this album, as he wrote this, was basically a reflection of so many different aspects of what Tom himself was going through at that point in his life. Um, it was really interesting bringing in his uh, co-workers um, and uh, people other people in the industry for interviews um that have been these interviews have been conducted in the years since just kind of seeing them reflect back on this album uh you have his daughter tom petty's daughter who is plays a big role with some of the interviews and just her talking about what this album meant uh to her and her dad um it was just a really it was just kind of watching this just kind of makes your heart happy and full but also um it's Parts of it are kind of tragic and sad to just think, um, how vulnerable Tom was being with his struggles. Um, but it's it's one I can't recommend it enough, especially for Tom Petty fans. Um, and uh, dad, I know you're a massive yes. Tom Petty fan, oh, and yeah. I think this is one that's really gonna tug at your heartstrings for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, love Tom Petty. Uh, I've loved his music back since I was, uh, golly, before I was even a teenager. Uh, and and did get a a backstage encounter with Tom Petty and he thought he knew me and that's a whole other story. Uh, but I think uh, I think wildflowers refers to something he called his daughter. Did that come out in the documentary itself as well?
2: Uh, I actually do not remember that specific okay. uh, tidbit, but um, it's it's very possible. Yeah, yeah.
0: Gotcha. And what is your rating for uh, for this documentary, uh, Tom Petty? Somewhere you feel free.
2: I gotta give it a solid A minus. I did feel like in parts of the last like 15 and 20 minutes, it was kind of stretching itself out a little bit too bit, uh, a little bit too long. But um, overall, I'm very very pleased with it.
0: Awesome. Well, well, Thomas and uh, Douglas, thank you both for uh, taking the time to talk about some of these films from uh, South by uh, Southwest. And uh, there's, uh, if you want to follow uh, Douglas and Thomas and many other critics uh, writing about some of these films, you can go to elementsofmadness.com. There's quite a Bit of stuff, man. You got tons of stuff every day. It seems you're pouring out. Very
1: busy. Very. How busy. many
0: films? How many films did you get a chance to uh, get accreditation for? Uh,
1: we got accreditation for twenty, but wow. we ended up covering more than that.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Well, well, well Douglas, thanks for your time. Elementsofmadness.com you. is where you can find uh, Douglas and his work, and uh, find some of Thomas's work there as well. Uh, I want to leave you with a, a quote from Silent Bob. Uh, I, I think it's quite appropriate. Adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. So uh, until next time, I'm Noel Bunning the II for Douglas Davis and for Thomas Manning. Uh, for all of us uh, right here on Media of the Movies, that's a wrap.